Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we enter a new chapter. As we work our way through the book of Mark, we enter chapter 10, and we'll park here in verses 1 through 12 for a couple of weeks. Chapter 10 has Jesus in a new place and at a different time than chapter 9. He's in Judea now, and the crowds are again following him, and the religious leaders of the day are still challenging him, trying to trip him up in theological questions. The topic they chose is a highly relevant one in our day and in our culture. The topic was divorce. What's God's view on divorce? The response Jesus gave here wasn't a full treatise on the doctrine of marriage and divorce, but it was directed to what was implied in the question that they challenged him with. Is divorce lawful in God's eyes? Well, they failed in their objective to trip him up. Jesus turned the whole question about divorce on its head by going back to God's design for marriage. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Is It Okay to Divorce? Here's part one. Well, come with me to Mark chapter 10. I thought you could all use a pick-me-up this morning, so I decided to talk about divorce. (laughs) No, I didn't decide it. Um, The Holy Spirit decided that. We chose Mark a long time ago, and uh, this is when we've arrived at chapter 10. Now, as we look at Mark chapter 10, I'd like you to notice the white space in your Bible after chapter 9, verse 50, and before chapter 10, verse 1. It's probably occupied by maybe the number 10 or maybe chapter 10. There might even be a heading that says something about teaching on marriage and divorce. This is how uh, the Lord directed Mark to put this gospel uh, together. But in the record of the life of Jesus, quite a bit happens in that white space that Mark did not include. During that time, Jesus, who had been up in the north in the region of Galilee, made a trip down to Jerusalem for the Feast of Booths, and He taught there. And about five chapters of your New Testament come from that trip. That kicked off a a period of several months that we have come to label the later Judean ministry. It's later because he had a ministry in Judea early in his ministry. Then he went up to Galilee and spent most of his earthly ministry there. Now it's later, and he's back in Judea again, Judea being the southern region of Israel, Galilee being the northern region of Israel, and in between is uh, Samaria, which most Jews refuse to walk through. But Jesus, of course, went there on purpose. Uh, After that Feast of Booths, Jesus continued the pattern that we've already seen in chapter 9, where now he's focusing not on the crowds, but mainly on the private instruction with the apostles and the other disciples who traveled with them. They also went to Jerusalem and attended a feast of dedication. You would probably know that event by the name Hanukkah. Next, 
Jesus took them to the region called Perea. If you have a really good memory for details as we've worked our way through Mark, you know that Perea is down uh, south and on the east side of the Jordan River. It's near the area where John the Baptist burst onto the scene. And Jesus taught His men more while they were there. After that, the group made a quick trip through Samaria and Galilee, which included Him coming very close to Jerusalem, but He didn't enter the city because it wasn't the time for Him to die, and He knew there was a a death trap waiting for Him there. He went very close to Jerusalem, but that's where He went and around the corner from Jerusalem and raised Lazarus from the dead. Then Jesus took the guys back to Perea after raising Lazarus, and from there He began to make the journey from the southeast up to Jerusalem for the final time. And while that was going on, the Sanhedrin, that governing body of the Jews in Jerusalem, had finalized their decision to put Jesus to death. And now they turned it into a specific plan. When He shows up, we're going to get Him. Of course, Jesus knew that was happening. He was orchestrating the timing of it all so that He would wind up dying on the Sabbath just as planned. So, in that white space between Mark 9 and Mark 10, all of the events recorded in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 51 through 62, and then Luke 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and the first 14 verses of chapter 18 all take place, as well as the last part of John chapter 7, and then John 8, 9, 10, and 11. So how do you write the shortest of the four Gospels? You skip a lot. But Mark had to have the perspective of, I'm going to skip that. Mark fulfilled his purpose. He was writing for a Gentile audience. He says right in the beginning of chapter 1, this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Everything in, Mark's, in Mark supports that premise. He did not set out to write a full description of everything that Jesus did. Now, the event that is before us today took place as Jesus began that journey toward Jerusalem for the final time. He has two things dominating his mind. One is the training of the disciples, pouring himself into these guys for the last possible time. He also um, has on his mind the cross. He knows that that's where he's headed. Now, on the minds of the Jewish leaders is nothing except how to get Jesus killed. They were absolutely obsessed with that. That journey from Perea up to Jerusalem isn't rushed, and we're actually going to see a couple of cool things that happen on the way there, including our text for today. Now, our text shows us yet another confrontation that Jesus had with the Pharisees. They again tried to trip Jesus up. This time, they chose to ask the question, is it lawful to divorce? Now, I'm going to give you an outline for this whole section, Mark 
10, 1 through 12. It's going to take us uh, today and at least one more visit to get through it because we dare not hurry since it has so much direct application to our world today. But here's where we're going as we look in Mark 10, 1 through 12. Number one, do not test the Lord. Number two, do not harden your heart, verses 3 through 9 and then 10 through 12, accept your responsibility. I'm pretty confident of getting through point number one. And uh, just relax, don't worry that we're going to be bogged down here. Now, we come to a a hot-button issue, divorce. So I think it's worth our time to give this passage some extra attention. You don't want to say a little bit about what the Bible says about divorce and leave out the rest. You could get some people into some really difficult situations that way. Now, it's true that this passage deals with divorce because divorce and remarriage is the secondary subject in this text. I say that because Jesus did not, as He was moving along with the, with the, the disciples, say, hey, let's stop here and talk about divorce and remarriage. Jesus didn't do that. Uh, he was not addressing a, a, a big crowd of people on that subject. Uh, the, the reason for this, or the real subject of this text, is the hatred of the Pharisees for Jesus. Now, it's veiled rather thinly, but if you work through Mark, you know that's the case. They used the issue of divorce and remarriage, which was, by the way, as hotly debated in their world as it is in ours. They used it as a ruse to try to trick Jesus into making a statement so they could discredit Him. I think it was a lot like what a Senate confirmation hearing is these days. I'm going to ask you questions, but I don't give a rip about your answers. I'm going to make my statement, and I hope you say something that you step in and it's a trap for you. That's their attitude. Make no bones about it. Now, the reason the text provides us with with such important teaching on the subject of divorce and remarriage is that Jesus didn't take the bait. He didn't get involved in their arguing over when can you divorce, when can't you divorce, etc. Instead, He turned the table on His enemies. He turned it around on them and focused on what God's Word says about marriage rather than getting sucked into an argument trying to find loopholes in the law of God. So as we work our way through this, our mission is to understand what this teaches about divorce and remarriage, and we're going to harmonize it with other texts of the Bible to understand what what the Lord says about divorce and remarriage and to see it in the context of Mark. So number one, do not test the Lord. Now, is this really important for us to talk about? I want you to decide. So let me ask you a question. Think about this. Have you ever been divorced or either of your parents or your spouse or any of your children or any of your brothers or sisters, in other words, in that circle around you, if there's a divorce, would you raise your hand? Uh, My hand is up. I think we need to talk about this. Every hand up in this room represents a time when someone failed to obey the Word of God. And God is wounded by that because He created 
marriage. Now, if you're a child of divorce, no revelation to you that this is an important issue. Uh, If you are divorced, you have been divorced, maybe remarried, it's no surprise to you, but it, it probably also doesn't make you feel real good. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.